This is the So You Are a Former Athlete podcast, a podcast dedicated to exploring the effects that losing your athlete identity has on adult life. From community to routine integration to finding new passions, we've got you covered. Hello, and welcome to episode five of So You Are a Former Athlete and podcast. This is Alyssa or Herm speaking, and I am here, of course, with Liz. Today, we are going to talk about competition, how to keep a healthy competitive mindset, even after you leave your competitive sports container and much more. It goes without saying that we as athletes have a certain level of competitiveness ingrained into the very nature of our being, for better or for worse. As an athlete, you likely spent years of your life sharpening your skills so you could outperform your previous self, sometimes your teammates, and of course, the opposition. There's no doubt you've encountered that deep joy that comes from winning or getting that starting spot after months and months of hard work and just truly seeing all of that work pay off. But I have to also mention the anguish, the frustration that comes with a tough loss, or losing your starting spot, or competing against someone that very clearly has more skills than you or sharper skills than you. But what do you do with this competitive nature as an adult? We will discuss that here, as well as what it can look like to have a healthy competitive mindset, the signs that your competitive mindset may be doing more harm than good, and how to lean into the healthier side of competition if you want to host athletics. Did you have anything that you wanted to add there, Liz? I think it's funny though. Yeah, the the anguish that comes with losing or even when you get yourself, psych yourself out so much mm-hmm. because you want to be competitive and you want to win, but you know that you're going up against a competitor, like you said, who just is on another level or yeah. a team that should maybe be in the higher league and you try and keep that competitiveness, but you also go in with this mindset of like, this is already going to be challenging. So I, mm. I have a question. Yeah. Do you have a time where you just absolutely acted out of character because of your competitive spirit? If you lost or if you won, that looking back on you are makes you laugh or maybe you're mm. a little embarrassed about? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I don't, I don't necessarily have. I always introduce myself now as a competitive person, actually. I I don't have anything that comes to mind as far as I, I cried a lot. Like if I didn't get the time that I wanted, I would come out and I would just like need a moment to just like be in my own head and cry. Even if like my teammates are like, oh my gosh, you did so well. And I'm just like sitting in the corner like, I didn't do as well as I wanted. <laughs> but um, That's not funny, but. <laughs> yeah, but like now I can laugh about it. Yeah. But no, nothing where I like shattered glasses or like dumped the Gatorade <laughs> out. How about yourself? Was there anything where you acted out of character? Not in front of other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think when, even just recently, let's say I was having a terrible day and I didn't want to go play my co-ed recreational night soccer game. And then I decided, no, let me go. It'll be fun. I'll get some of this energy out. I can be competitive. Had an absolute howler of a game. Probably the worst I've played in years. 
And I was so mad (laughs) because I wanted to go there and feel good. And all I did was like fall and mess up every pass. And I was just, I was grumpy. And it was totally because of my competitive spirit. Maybe I said some not so nice things to my partner or I'm like, don't talk to me, you know, whatever it was. But yeah, I threw a temper tantrum as an adult. That was maybe three or four months ago. <laughs> so that healthy competitive mindset that we're going to be talking about. in this <laughs> Not <episode>. that. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> as much as we have it, sometimes we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what does it even mean to be competitive anyway? The definition is a desire to win, to push yourself, or to be more successful than other people. And I don't love that definition, but I suppose it's true. Obviously, this was the whole point of sports. Competition put enough pressure on you to want to work hard, to grow, and to even just master your craft. Not to mention that being part of it and even just watching it gets all of the adrenaline just pumping, which is something that many athletes chase after. Competition also reinforces the bond in a team sport while you're all working together for a common goal. It becomes that that like underlying tie that keeps you all together, right? When you're working for something with someone else and you're re- you have the result pay off or it doesn't and you mourn together or grieve or get frustrated together, that just reinforces that relationship. And that's what's so special about having friends that are teammates or even just former athletes. It gives a deeper sense of achievement to be put up against other amazing people, amazing athletes, and still find a way to get out on top or to lose and to understand that your competition earned it. We'll go into this later a little bit more, but if you're not careful, of course, competitiveness can become a toxic or unhealthy trait if it's viewed from a fixed mindset or like me, if you throw a really long temper tantrum after you lose in a recreational setting. I think just something that I want to highlight is I think for each former athlete and athlete, competitiveness looks a little bit different. Yes, we're all working to this greater good and we all want to win and we all want to benefit the team. But some people, as you know, probably with teammates that you remember working with, I remember myself and um, two of my best friends or my lifelong best friends now came from my collegiate swimming career. We're all di- different competi- in competitive ways. One of us is a lot, she's still very competitive, but she's a little more reserved and quiet and doesn't get all like amped up and in your face. Then my other friend, she's a little more in the middle. And then there's me who I am like really loud and in your face and getting everybody pumped oh. up. And so I think there's different levels of competitiveness, but Definitely. most typically most former athletes all have some sort of you know, it's all within in a certain way. Um, so just calling attention to the fact that you could be, yeah, you can be throwing temper tantrums after a sport if it didn't go your way, or you can not have that much of a reaction, but it still does affect you. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you saying that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about post-athletics. You become a former athlete. This is where it can get a little hairy for some people because without a sport to channel that competitive nature, competitive mindset, it can leak into other areas of life more maybe than it did before and in a way that maybe you're not in control. 
for me personally, I didn't know what to do with myself because everything I did bored me and didn't challenge me. I wasn't in a competitive container. And so things like going to the gym, sometimes even playing in rec soccer, they just didn't have that edge that I was looking for. And I wouldn't really feel excited. Mm -hmm. Then would come some negative thoughts. You know, I was so used to being in a competitive space that being out of it sometimes made me feel lazy and made me feel incompetent, which is so not true. But when you're used to working at that high level and you're used to breaking barriers or beating personal bests and you're not doing that, if so much of yourself is tied to the that identity, it's not uncommon for those thoughts to kink in. Mm-hmm. We all, <laughs> after sports, many of us go right into a career and you're no longer the top dog. You're a brand new employee. You're, an, you're, you're a novice in a career. I was a baby nurse, right? So it's really hard to go from being an expert at something to being brand new and losing that competitive container, losing that edge altogether. We also got a lot of external validation for doing well under pressure in competition. You know, whether it was your teammates cheering on from the sideline or your parents there or your coach telling you you did a good job or you see your name and that you're first, you know, whatever it is. Many of us start seeking that from other places. We start seeking validation from partners, from jobs. If you're someone who placed a lot of worth in your ability to be the best, you may start comparing yourself to your younger self, developing low self-esteem, low confidence post-sports, or even comparing yourself to your peers. Do you have any insights there, Liz? Yeah. You know, I was just working with a personal client in my coaching practice with this. She was also a former swimmer. She was working through exactly that. We got so much fulfillment from being competitive. And that was mm-hmm. such a big part of our life. And here she is in a career that is not really getting her there, is not really fulfilling her in that way. And in other areas, she just felt like she's not pushing that edge, so to speak, as like she did when she was an athlete. And I found that for myself too. For so long, I felt lost because I didn't necessarily have, I didn't know where to place this com- competition spirit, where to, have an Mm -hmm. outlet for that to kind of come alive. And to make a long story short, she ended up getting back involved in a more of a peer focused exercise group to have that healthy, not competition maybe isn't the best word to because you're not really competing to win, but there is a that push of like, okay, they're doing it. I want to do more. I can do better. I can push myself. So that you versus you but it is because you're working alongside somebody else in a group container. I found that I was um, a member of Orange Theory for a really long time. And that's for me where I was able to really push myself. And that competitive spirit was able to come out a little bit more because I'd be running on the treadmill next to two other people. Especially if I was running next to a guy or something, I'd be like, okay, like, let me try and keep up. Let me try and see how well, like fast I can do it. So I think that that kind of 
that appetite, that hunger for competition was satisfied a little bit when the orange theory class. Mm-hmm. However, I've really transitioned, I think for myself to a point of like, it's you versus you instead of this, you versus the world, you versus another comp- competitor, you versus another athlete. And I think for so long from when we're young up until maybe we leave a sports container, that c- competition is ingrained in us from school, from, uh, you know, like peewee soccer or peewee swimming <laughs> and you learn that like okay come on you want to try and get first you want to try and be the best so it, it becomes so natural I think for us yeah. and then now it's like like you said like what do we do and how do I move forward so yeah that's just what kind of what's coming up for me as we we talk about some of this stuff yeah thanks for sharing and great transition point so for those of you who want to keep a competitive mindset after sport it's important to do so in a way that is healthy for your mental health. Without a structured environment or a coach to regulate you like there was in your sport, it can be really easy to slip into the deep end. So I wanted to share some signs of healthy competitiveness, some signs of maybe not so healthy or almost harmful competitiveness. I want to say though that most people have a mixture of these and that is okay. It's okay to have the mixture so so long as you are aware of it and don't let that competitive nature just totally take over and take control of you. So what are some signs of healthy competitiveness? A main one that even you just said was focusing on self-improvement. Thinking, what can I do better here versus what am I lacking or what do I suck at? It's different energy to focus on the things that you want to improve in versus beating yourself up and saying you're not good enough as a fire for trying to be more competitive or trying to do better. Having that intrinsic motivation, the being competitive so that you can grow as an individual or being, you know, exercising so that you feel strong and you're able to do something as simple as carry the groceries in all in one trip, whatever it is, having something that is greater than yourself or from within and not just from the external circumstance that you're competing in. Having cooperation and collaboration with, I put in quotes, teammates or peers or whomever it is you're in competition with. Think about back in the day when you were playing a sport. Yes, you were competing with your teammates. Yes, you were competing with the opposition, but you always, you know, told them good game or you even when your teammate was competing against you or they were on the field and you were on the bench you're cheering them on you're trying to get them to get pumped up and to achieve and you're celebrating them that should also happen when you leave a sports container it shouldn't be that you're all of a sudden isolated in your competitive mindset and you're just trying to be better than everyone <laughs> and putting other people down right? right and then this one is kind of funny but having a little bit of emotional regulation around competitiveness. So if you lose or if you feel that you weren't competitiveness, competitive enough, it shouldn't downward spiral your entire existence. It's okay to be emotional, right? Like to get frustrated or get upset, but how long are you there? And is it tied to how you really feel about yourself? So having some emotional regulation with your competitive nature, knowing that if it totally destroys your mood for days and weeks on end, and all of a sudden you have to avenge yourself, it might be a sign of 
some toxic competitiveness in there. So those are the signs I had of healthy competitiveness. Were there any off the top of your head that you wanted to add before I shift into the you know, harmful competitive natures? No, but that emotional regulation, I'm like smiling to myself over here because <laughs> there were times when I didn't have that. There were times when, right, like I'd come out and, and even if I knew the person was so much faster than me, I would still like slam my goggles off, and rip my cap off and be so frustrated at myself that it would bleed into the other races, the other events, or even what I had going on that other the next day. And I think teammates and having that team and having that support is integral. And then leaning on that support when like they can kind of remind you that this is just, this is not life or death. This is, you know, okay, we get them better next time, get back on the horse, right? But there were definitely times when I did not have that emotional <laughs> regulation. Yeah. And there's a time and place for that for sure. Sometimes yeah. if you put your all into something and you fail, like that shit sucks. Like that it sucks. Don't sucks. get me wrong. It definitely <laughs> is really challenging. And if you stay in your head when that's happening, yeah. it can just, it can lead to that spiral. Like you said, if it's bleeding into days, weeks, months, then it becomes toxic. So recognizing yeah. that definitely is important. Yeah. So what are some other signs of harmful competitiveness? One is focusing solely on beating other people around you and putting your personal value into whether or not you can do that. I feel that's pretty self-explanatory, so I won't dive in much deeper there. But the next one is having extrinsic motivation only. So an example is running just like kind of just so you can beat other people so you can get the time. Or I know we talked about wanting to be first, wanting to be captain, wanting to get all A's. Those are all great things. But if all you're doing is searching for that external validation and that external result from your competitive spirit, you're not going to be satisfied. You're just accumulating things. You're accumulating outside things that do nothing for your worth, do nothing for your personal value. And that's why sometimes they can not provide you with that joy and that deep fulfillment because you do it and you're like, all right, what's next? Okay, what like what's coming up next? Yeah. So that's a really big one. So having that balance of external and internal is good. Like looking to your person next to you and like you see that they're a second ahead of you and wanting to push yourself to get that second and then some, totally good. Like do that. Let that light you up in the short term, but it shouldn't be that all or nothing, that only goal that you have. If your competitiveness undermines relationships in your life post-athletics, this is a red flag. So maybe at a job, you start spreading rumors about a peer so you can get a promotion instead of them, or you want to raise and so you start doing someone else dirty so you can get it. Like These right. are signs that your competitiveness is taking over. You're destroying relationships and you might want to step back a little bit. Check yourself. Mm -hmm. Going off of that too is disrespectful behavior. So are you making fun of other people as you're competing? Celebrate all you want, but do you get in someone else's face and like make fun of them or put them down when you win? If this is what you do when you're winning, or even if you're losing, if you go after people, you know, I know even just playing soccer still, you play against a team that they're just nasty right. and they're so competitive which is awesome, but then they're trying to take out your ankles so they can win. 
and they're pushing you and calling you names. That's not fun. It's not fun to be in that sort of container. And we all know probably one or two people that are like this. And it's not fun to do things with them. And I guarantee it's not that fun to them either because they probably tie a lot of their worth into the result. So that's kind of what I had for signs of maybe harmful competitiveness with the caveat that some of those things resurface occasionally, don't get me wrong, but it's really making sure you have mainly healthy competitive aspirations. And every once in a while, a little sprinkle of something harmful or you get you overreact or something. That's normal. We're human, right? I think too that some of these things come out more when you are in a competition mm-hmm. mo- competition mindset, right? This focus on beating others so much or some of this disrespectful behavior, I think was a little more characteristic of maybe when we were in the athletic containers. Yeah. But you have to have self-awareness to see if they are coming out, even if they're coming out around certain people in your life or around certain circumstances in your life. That self-awareness is huge because this podcast is for most people who are no longer in the athletic world. We are working in careers. We are maintaining relationships. We are retaining friends and things like that. And really it's about calling yourself out too about like, is this toxic behavior? Is this because I never really shifted out of that college athletic mindset into now? And, and, and I say that because I've had that self-awareness where like I'm playing kickball with my friends or volleyball and like <laughs> here I am like yelling at people because they didn't get the ball. And I'm like, what am never I doing? Never back down, never what? I'm like, you didn't get that spike. Like, <laughs> no, that's that's we're having like a friendly game. Um, and so I've had to check my own self in those things because there was some, right, some toxic energy from maybe being, relying so much on external motivation and trying to be the best and trying to win captain all in my athletic career that still Mm -hmm. rears its head at times now. I call myself out. I got to backpedal a little bit and slow down and remind myself that like, this is not the point. The point is to have fun, to, yeah, fill your cup and get that competitiveness out a little bit that fire out of your body. However, it's not about ruining other people's fun or um, taking anything away from anybody else. So where does that side come out? Where does that more unhealthy competitiveness maybe stem from? And I think I touched on this maybe a little while ago, but I think it really comes from not being validated when you were young, so to speak, Mm -hmm. as far as you're working so hard and you're being told you have to get a hundred on the tests and get the best times. And, and this comes from a lot of factors. It comes from where you were raised, your conditioning, your environments that you were put in. I think it comes from maybe not feeling worthy or having good self-esteem or self-confidence in yourself so that you automatically start to pour in some more of those unhealthy competitive drives because you think that that's going to get you where you need to go. But if you, you have to recognize all of that and realize that maybe it was because something when you were young or maybe as you grew up, wasn't identified, fulfilled, addressed, um, some conditioning or mindset or belief about yourself 
is not there. So then you take it out on others or you take it out in the athletic world. Does that make sense? Does that resonate? That definitely resonates. And I think you hit it spot on. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So how do we shift? First thing, which you're going to see a pattern or hear a pattern when you listen to our podcast is to recognize, right? So become aware of where you are. (laughs) Figure out where you are on the spectrum of this competitive spirit. And I wrote some questions here to kind of ask yourself and reflect on if you're listening, if you want to. These questions, if you were in the former athlete forum like a year ago, I had put them in there. So these questions might be a repeat for you, but they're still powerful. So the first one is, how do I react to setbacks or failures? What is my reaction? The second one, why do I compete? What is this drive that's leading me to compete? And third, really important is, Is my competitiveness leading to burnout, stress, or anxiety? Are you working so hard for an external goal that you're forgetting about sleep for extended periods of time or you're exhausted or anxious or ruining relationships? That's sort of a red flag that this competitive nature is sort of taking control. Those are the questions that I found really helpful with my clients, with myself even. And then once you answer those, if you're looking to shift into a more positive competitive mindset is to get really clear on the definition of competitiveness that you want to have for yourself. So I know, Liz, earlier you had said, you know, like being competitive, but not being able to win, right? So that's an example of something that could drive a competitive nature. But when you leave that sports container, there's no winning or losing. So it get, it can get really frustrating. That's why we all get so frustrated as former athletes because you're like, how do I win? Like, you just, you don't. There's no winning. You just live. Well, that sucks. But <laughs> so, you know, a definition that I like to use for myself is equating my success in competing to the amount of true effort or focus I place on the process. So not really looking for the results as a way to validate whether or not my competitiveness was successful, but looking at how much effort I truly brought forward, how much focus I brought forward, and sometimes even how much grace I gave myself. Because focusing only on the result can be a shallow goal that really gives room for those unhealthy components of the competitiveness to sneak in. Setting personal goals that are not linked to your self-worth. That's a big one. If your self-worth is tied to whether or not you win or get something or receive something, you're going to have some ups and downs because life is littered with failure, whether we like it or not. You know, we can't win every competition and you're going to let yourself down. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that, but if they haven't, then here I am. You're going to fail. You're going to let yourself down. You're going to get frustrated with yourself. You're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or make a mistake or even get fired. Like these are all parts of life. And it happened in sports too. We just sometimes forget when we go from sports to life that this is normal. Like I know my <laughs> the very first game in high school, they the game started, they passed me the ball and I stepped on it and fell in front of everyone. But don't worry, because we eventually got scored on and then they passed the ball to me to start off and I did it again. I did it twice in two games. I stepped on the ball and fell on my face. Oops, right? That didn't knock me, (laughs) funny, 
but that didn't like knock me out outside of sports is normal. Like those things happen. You're going to fall on your face in life too. Remember that there's room for all of us. <laughs> Everyone deserves to be able to be competitive and win and work hard. Make some room for other people. It's not just about you. Another thing is to seek feedback and seek insight from your peers or quotation marks, opponents or quote teammates as an adult. It would be, I would be lying if I said that just don't, you know, if I told you not to compare yourself to other people, we are creatures of comparison. We look at other people to judge where we are and this is perfectly normal, but it doesn't have to come from a negative space. So go seek feedback from your peers, from your bosses, from your family members and offer feedback to other people so that you're helping them succeed as well. This just kind of helps to foster a healthy competitive environment. And that's really what I have on how to shift. Was there anything from you, Liz, that you wanted to add? First of all, those questions, I listening to them and trying to <laughs> ask myself them, like, why do I compete? Yeah. Like, what is the bottom line for me? What is what am I trying to attain? What am I trying to achieve? So that, that's a really powerful question for me personally. I think that something else that you addressed, normalizing that we are going to fail at times. And I think that often in athletics, depending on the coach that you have, depending yeah. on the sport that you're playing, this is not talked about. Sometimes, like I remember I had a, one coach in particular, who did not, losing was not an option and never no. normalized. So then like you felt even worse kind of about yourself when you, yeah. and, and you sometimes you don't perform well for so many reasons. Are you sick? Did you not get enough sleep the night before? Were you out with some friends? Did you eat some bad chicken? Like so <laughs> many things. But I remember feeling like it was all my fault. Like it was like my fault for failing at times. So like you did something think, wrong. Right. Exactly. And I think pointing out, normalizing, there will be times in life that you fail, that you fall flat on your face. And this does not have anything to do with your like self worth, with who you are as a person, with you, that does not label you as a failure completely. Um, something that I'm often telling my personal clients and my coaching practice is there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. And I wish mm -hmm. that somebody told me that when I was an athlete, because I think it would have shifted my sense of competitiveness from maybe one of a negative or unhealthy mindset to a little bit more healthy because I wouldn't self-sabotage or spiral yeah. in the fact that I did bad, I am wrong, I am a failure. No, I didn't do as best as I could. I didn't do as well as I wanted to, but can I do better for the next time? Is there feedback for me to improve on? The last thing I think that uh, really I want to highlight that you said is this feedback and insight from your peers, opponents, people in your life. I think so many of us are afraid to ask for that because it yeah. We automatically think that, again, we're not enough. We're a failure. We don't know. We should know X, Y, and Z. But that's a really positive takeaway. Can you, can you accept yourself so much that you ask for that outside perspective? And it's not at all this extrinsic or external validation that you need. It's more that it's helping you internally learn more about yourself and grow as a person, as a competitor, as in your career, whatever it may be. So 
yeah, just to touch on some of those points and really hit them home. Yay, love it. In conclusion, the end of your sports container does not have to signify a close to your competitive nature. Fostering a competitive spirit, even after sports, is a great way to grow as an individual and support the growth of your peers so long as it's cultivated in a healthy way. Knowing the signs and symptoms, <laughs> my nurse brain, of healthy versus harmful competitiveness increases your chance of fulfillment and overall well-being post-athletics. And as always, if you like this episode, please be sure to like our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as a reminder, both Liz and I have limited seats in our group spaces kicking off in January. So if you're interested in hearing more about that, message us on our socials, which is linked below, or click the link on our websites to sign up for that free intro call. To be kept in the loop on episode topics and coaching spaces, like our Facebook page so you are a former athlete and podcast. You'll get the latest updates and even little sneak peeks on what episodes are coming out week after week. As always, we are so thankful for all of you. We love you. And I think that's it. Bye. Bye.